You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. quarters full, but first service was so, uh, uh, the, the, the main sanctuary was so full that we had an overflow, and we had half of the student center that was, that was uh, full to capacity, and we were able to show the live feed, and I just think that's all glory to God for those things to be happening in Oracle, right? So I want to talk about iServe today, and how many of you have a smart device? Anyone in here have a smart device? Maybe you have a smartphone or a, a tablet or something like that, and um, have you noticed that there's a lot of apps that are available to each of us through our smartphones, Right? You can get an app for just about anything. You can get an app for uh, banking or an app for shopping or an app for gaming or an app for sporting or an app for music or education. And, and, and there's many, many more. You can get apps for exercise and all kinds of different things, right? That's incredible. But even more incredible as I, as I look at my, my smartphone is the fact that God is smarter than any iPad, do you agree with that or no? Right? God is smarter than any droid or any galaxy or any, uh, any device that, that man can conjure up. And even greater than that is the fact that we can go to God the Father through Jesus Christ and receive his apps. They're called gifts. And when we re- receive these apps... They, they're given to us, so they enable us, and they empower us so that we can serve. We can serve our families, we can serve our communities, and we can especially serve the local church, right? And so as I, as I thought about that, I, I, I put this series together called I Serve, and I, I want to start with a message that I've titled, I Serve in the Church. But before I start, I want to pray, so let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father... Thank you for this second service, and I want to thank you for every person that's in here, Lord, and, and I know that no one is here accidentally or through coincidence. Uh, you have brought us here together, and so every person is very special to you. I pray that as I speak, Lord God, as your messenger, that, that uh, everything I say will, will point to Christ and that will glorify his name and, and uh, that people will be drawn to your love and even to your service, Father. I pray that when, when we leave here today and when the end of the, the service is completed, that everyone will say, it has been really good to be in God's house. And as we walk out of here, that we can go out and spread the love of Jesus to people around us and it will be real. As Benny said, uh, Lord, you're not dead. You're alive. And so we serve a living God and we serve a living hope. And, and because of that, we have a living word and our testimony is living. And so let us walk in that, uh, that truth and that reality. And we pray this in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. 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 So I've, I've got seven things that I put together that... Uh, that help us to understand how important it is to serve in the church. And so let's start with number one. I serve in the church because it honors God. I didn't hear one amen to that. 
Yeah, it, it honors God. Everything that we do as Jesus followers, we should do because we want to bring honor to God. In fact, the Bible says that if we honor God, he will honor us. And so when we're doing something in the church, we're doing it for him and for his glory. When you serve, you're not serving for the pastor. You're not serving for people to recognize you. You're not serving so people will applaud you. You're serving because you want to honor God. And when you serve, you actually worship God. And we see this fact played out when Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. It tells us in Matthew uh, chapter 4, verse 10, it says that, that Jesus said to Satan, he says, Go, Satan, after he had been tempted through many things. He says, Go, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Have you ever asked yourself, What did Jesus mean by serve? I asked myself that this week, and I went to the Greek. The, the, the Greek word for that is latreo. And so that word, it means to serve or minister to. In the New Testament, it means to render religious service or homage, or that word homage means reverence, to worship and perform sacred services. Think about it. To perform something, you have to what? You have to do it. Okay, so you perform sacred services to offer gifts to worship God in the observance of the rites instituted for his worship of priests. Now, the New Testament, especially Peter, he says that, new, that believers of Jesus are a royal priesthood unto God. So when you worship Jesus, you worship him by serving. Isn't that interesting? When we serve and we minister, it's worship to God. Beloved, when you serve in the local church, you are actually worshiping God. It honors God when you serve in the nursery and in the children's church. In fact, there's people in the nursery right now and they have an audio, uh, uh, they have a speaker in there. Let me tell you, you that are in the nursery right now, you are worshiping God by serving. Those young ladies that came up and they, and they sang so beautifully this morning, and that's going to happen a lot more. As they, as they did that, they were worshiping God. They were serving, but they were worshiping. Amen? If you work in the children's church, not only are you working with children, but you're also worshiping God. If you work in the, in the light booth, if you work in the sound booth, if you work in the media, you are worshiping God. Every time that Christy puts a slideshow together, which she does an amazing job, give her a hand. And give Trent a hand because he filled in today. Did an amazing job. Every time that you're serving, you're worshiping God. You don't do anything in the church so that the pastor can pat you on the back. And I will, and I'll thank you, and the elders will thank you, and the staff will thank you. But what you're really doing is you're worshiping God. That's exactly why Satan came at Jesus and he tempted him so that he said, I will give you all of this. All of this has been given to me and I will give it to you if you serve me. And Jesus responded and he said, Satan, get out of here. Get out of here. He said, I will worship the Lord my God and serve him only. And he was talking from our perspective, when you serve, you worship God. Can I tell you that this is something that's so important when you're serving, you're actually speaking to the devil 
as he's trying to tempt you with whatever he can to keep you from serving in the local church. Can I, can I say this? That, that the devil will always get us busy doing other things so that we can't serve in the local church. And when you serve, it doesn't matter what you do. I'm panning the audience. I see Tony Path. When Tony Path puts a drama together, when she serves, can I tell you that the devil will work as hard as he can to keep you from doing a drama? Because when Tony Path puts a drama together, we have four nights, full house. And we've had up to 60 people give their lives to Jesus. But can I tell you that app, God gave you an app along, you thought it was a gift. It is a gift. But it's, a, it's just like an app, and it's called the drama app. And Tony just, she thinks drama. She sleeps drama. Just like praise and worship, you know, you, 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 you sleep, you think, you know, my son, he's got a gift in music, and, and he sleeps music, he dreams music, he gets up, he plays music. That's a gift. God let him go to the app store and get this gift of music, which I don't have. I knock on the door, it doesn't even make a brism. You know? And so the reality here is that, that the devil will try to keep you from using your God-given app so that you will not be able to serve. Because when you serve, whatever you do, and I'm looking at Lupe, sweet Lupe, wonderful woman of God, when you usher, you're worshiping. Every time you take someone to their seat, you are worshiping God. The devil will play havoc to try to keep you from doing that. Don't let the devil steal the worship that belongs to God and the ministry that belongs to the bride of Christ, who is the church. I serve in the church because, number two, Jesus is my example. As believers, we should emulate the things of Christ. That's why we're called Christians. Christians means little Christ. That's what it means. You're, just, you're, you're a disciple of Christ. You're just like Christ. And in fact, he commands us to follow his example. He told his disciples, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. Now, Jesus says, not only am I going to serve, but I'm also going to die. I will give my whole life for the church, for God's people. Now, just think about that, beloved. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. He is our example. That means that every single one of us, oh, it's going to make you uncomfortable. Just squirm in your seat a little bit. Just squirm. Because you got to know we're going to... Every person should be doing something in the church. Amen? Because Amen. he's our example. He's the founder of the church. So where, if he's the founder of the church, where would you say that he'd point us to start our servanthood? Where would we? Very good. Very good. If he's the founder of the church... Where would he want us to begin to grow? Or no, that's another point. Wait a minute. Rewind. <laughs> Don't get ahead of me, Michelle, okay? okay? Where do you think he would have us start servanthood in the church? I love the way that Diedrich Bonhoeffer put it. Diedrich Bonhoeffer was a pastor in Germany. He wrote a wonderful book called The Cost of Discipleship. He died because he was protecting uh, not, uh, 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 
just people and preaching against the Nazis and against Hitler. But this is what uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said. It's only because he became like us that we can become like him. In other words, it's only because Jesus is my example that I can begin to emulate what he does. It's only because Jesus serves that I can begin to serve. Amen? You see, Jesus will never ask us to do something that he doesn't do. Jesus will never ask us to love someone that he wouldn't love. And guess what? He loves people. And he doesn't want us to be in hatred. Jesus will never have us not forgive someone that he hasn't forgiven. And guess what? Jesus will forgive anyone that will ask for forgiveness. You with me? So Jesus would not have us serve in a place that he would not serve. He's our example. For 50-plus years, these wonderful, beautiful people, pastors, they have served in the local church. And, and, and many, many a people, many a people are a product of their servanthood. But guess what? The glory goes to Jesus. Amen? I love that Jesus is our example. The Bible reveals to us in John 13 when he washes the disciples' feet. He said, you call me teacher and you call me Lord. And you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you, say it with me, and That was weak. And That was a little bit stronger. And you took it in that time. He gave us, gave us an example which we're to follow. Now, we're not always going to wash everybody's feet. Amen? Amen? But will you please come wash my feet right now? Someone just come. Right? We're not always going to. In fact, when we think about washing people's feet, it just kind of freaks us out. Oh, my pastor, don't go. But we can serve some place. Amen? And God has shown us that he is willing to do what no person is willing because the one that washed the feet in that context was the lowest of the low servant. Jesus became the lowest of the low servant and he honored God the Father by doing that. He's our example. It teaches me that when we serve in the local church, we model the attitude of Jesus. When you serve, do you see in the pictures, Gina, do you, do you see that? Do you see what God's doing in your life and in your family's life? And, 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 and when you're serving like that, you're following the example of Jesus. Why should I serve? There's no one else serving. Well, if you get that mentality, if you think about people, then you might think that way. But if you think about Jesus, he always served. He's our example to serve. I serve in the church because, number three, it enables me to grow. I told you I was going here, Michelle. I didn't forget that. It enables me to grow. You will grow and you will blossom like a rose if you serve. Because we were created to be servants of God. 
The Apostle Paul, he's writing to young, the, the young pastor Timothy, and he's giving him directives. And he, tells, he says, do not neglect the spiritual app or the spiritual gift you receive through the prophecy spoken over you. And when the elders of the, say with me, church. So he received this gift where? In the church. When the elders of the church, they laid their hands on you. And then, and he didn't stop there. For, let me just touch on that. He said, okay, these elders, they laid their hands on you in the church. The gift was from God, but it was confirmed through the, through the church, through the elders. But he says something else, which I think is incredible. He said, he said, give your complete attention to these matters. The context is this gift that God gave you. Give your complete attention to that. And then he goes on and he says, throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your louder, your progress. So he's telling Timothy, this gift that, that, that God has given you, this app, the only way that you'll grow in it is if you begin to use it. And here's the thing about Timothy. There were three things that, that were against Timothy because all of us say we all, we all have excuses. Timothy had three things that were against him. He was young. And so Paul said, don't let anyone despise you because of your youth. And then he was sick. And he said, I want you to drink some wine for medicinal purposes. He said, for the, your frequent ailments. Because he probably had stomach problems. Now, this was wine for medicinal purposes, okay? Don't say, whoo. <laughs> right? And then he says, the third thing he says, he was timid. He was kind of timid. He, he was shy. And, and so he says, God is, God is not giving you a spirit of timidity or fear, but he's giving you a, a, the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. So we know that Timothy had some things going on, but Paul says you have to use the gift that God gave to you that was confirmed in the church, begin to use it, and when you do, you're going to grow. The first time I preached a sermon, it was bad. <laughs> yeah, it is true. I am honest. The second time I preached a uh, sermon, it was worse. And I went and I thought to myself, this cannot, I've maybe missed my calling. I should go work underground. Maybe I, that was a better place to be. I don't like it. And people came alongside and people that, that, that knew the gift and they said, God's called you. And so you begin to continue, you continue to work, you continue to do, you do things, a gift that God gave you. As you continue to do it, you begin to grow and you begin to learn and you begin to do things. So every week I continue to prepare myself to read the word, to, to study, to show myself approved. And then I, I begin to say, Lord, give me clarity so when I preach your word, people will understand it and they can leave and they can grow. But the only way that you grow is by using your gift. And some of us, we've been sitting in our chairs week after week, and you're expecting to grow. And the only way that you grow when you sit <laughs> I'm just I'm just ignore me. Here's the thing, you have to use the gift that God has given us. Amen? I serve in the church because, number four, 
It blesses others. One of the things that I know for sure is that when we serve others, we become a blessing. When I go into classrooms and I see the children's teachers leading a class, it blesses me. But it blesses the children as well. I went into Kidtricity about two months ago. Ray and Monique Stump, they lead our, our ministry there with, with midweek for children. And there were about 30 kids, and, and we had, they have the wonderful helpers that are, that are, that are there for them. And, and I went in there. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I walked into this, this, this class in the children's center, and everyone was doing something. And the kids, were, they were doing things, and I was just like, wow, this is incredible. And they had a table set up with all kinds of, uh, of, of, of rewards that they can get when they achieve different goals. And, and so Ray said, let me show you something. And he called three, three children to him. Two of them don't even, the parents don't even come to church here. They're ministering to children that their parents aren't even coming here. And he said, come over here. I want you to show Pastor James, I want you to tell him, what are the books of the Old Testament? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers. And I was like, wow. Next one came up. Tell them what the books are. Next one came up. Can I tell you something? They are blessing others. When you work in the nursery, beloved, when you say, I'm going to take one, ch- one turn, if everyone took a turn in the nursery, including me, those people, those parents, I want you to think about this. Parents, when you have babies and infants, you get really tired because babies, they demand a lot of attention. And so there are sometimes if you come to church, if these parents, after a while, after they, they, they get used to, they, they have to earn trust, but they can, they can earn trust and then they take it, because our nurseries are fantastic, they take that infant over there and they can sit in the service and they can listen to the word of God and it will bless them instead of them having to be with a baby, which I love, but they don't get to hear the message. Are you with me? And they're able to worship. And so it blesses the parents and those parents that maybe have not been able to maybe even spend some time with God that week they can. It blesses people. The Bible says, in his grace, God has given us different apps or gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy... Now, prophecy is very important because we, we saw that Timothy, they prophesied over him with the laying on of hands. Amen? So it's very scriptural. So if you, if you have the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them. Say it with me. Well, why does it say that? In other words, don't ever give God seconds. Don't give God 80%. We give God everything. Amen? So when you're serving, do it well. And then he says, if you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. In other words, don't, I think about this, and, and someone comes up to you, and you want to be encouraging, and you say to them, man, I love your shirt, dude. It's, it's really nice, and your pants, they are sharp, man, but your shoes are ugly. No, 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 that's not encouraging. Do it well. Amen. He said, if, you're, if, you, if your gift is giving, if your app is giving, give generously. If God is giving you leadership ability, take the res- responsibility seriously. Why? 
Because when you lead people, they put their eyes on you. Amen? And when, and when you're not an example to them, when leaders fall, what happens? People can fall. It says when, you're, when your gift is leading, take that responsi- responsibility seriously. I want to say this to someone because there's someone in here that needs to hear this. Your gift is leading. So if you're leading in the church, guess what? People are going to follow you. But your gift is leading even when you're not in the church. And when you're leading in the world, guess what? People still follow you. Are you with me? When you have the gift of leadership, you take it seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And here's the thing, beloved. God has an app for every person and for every occasion. And the app store in heaven is open for every believer of Jesus. Here's the thing, man. I can go to this app store right here, open up my phone, and there's an app, there's an app store right here, uh, Speakazoo, education. There's an app, Beats. There's an app for Match.com. Sorry, I got my match already. There's a Match, <laughs> Duolingo. There's an, there's a, I just got a, a text from Eric Dees. Hey, bro, I'll call you in a little bit. There's an app for the Weather Channel. There's an app for uh, Doozer Creek. There's an app for Pinterest. There's an app for Samba. And there's an app for Runkeeper, GPS running. So this app is when you're running so you don't get lost. Oh, I'm at the stop sign. There, there is an app for everything that we need. Now think about this. Will not God, who created these people who he fearfully and wonderfully made every person that's making that cannot God give you something that is incredible in his app store? If he called you to be a leader, if you put Jesus first, you will be the greatest leader that you could ever be. I have a dear friend that's he's an executive with the world's largest company. And can I tell you, he shines bright for Jesus. And God gave him an app of leadership. And he could be doing it for the world, but he does it for Jesus. Let me ask you something, sir. Let me ask you something, ma'am. And better than that, brother and sister in Christ, are you letting God's apps work strongly through you? Because we can. Amen? I serve in the church because, number five, it helps me to stop focusing on me, myself, and I. You want the recipe for a disastrous, lonely, empty life? Live it focused on you and only you. It's a horrible way to live. But can I tell you, Jesus is building his church with a different mindset and a whole different objective. The greatest people in the church are those who put others' needs first. And they trust God to meet their needs. And here's the thing. When you put others first... God will meet your needs. If you focus on your needs all of the time, beloved, can I tell you, you will be a miserable person and you will blame everybody for what's going on in your life. That's why the Bible says, don't be selfish. 
Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for only for for don't look out only for your interest, but take an interest in others too. The way we overcome this attitude is by serving, and there's no better place to serve than where? In the church. Amen. I love the way Mother Teresa put it. She she said it like this. I see Jesus in every human being. I say to myself, this is hungry Jesus. I must feed him. This is sick Jesus. This is one that has leprosy or gangrene. I must wash him and tend to him. I serve because I love Jesus. I think that's a wonderful way for us to get out of me, myself, and I attitude. We will not be Mother Teresa, but because of Jesus Christ, we can be what we could never be without him. And we could serve like we could never serve without him. I serve in the church because, number six, it serves as an example to my family, especially my children and grandchildren. It's amazing when I see a mother and daughter ushering or when I see a father and his son coming together on a work day. When we make the effort to serve and bring our children with us, we are actually giving them an example to follow for the rest of their life. Amen? One of the greatest things to me is when my children are... are my, I don't have children anymore. I have young adults. I've got two brutes and one beautiful daughter. About ready to have a baby. Anytime, huh, baby? And so, and so the reality here is that, that I have tried to emulate Christ, and my prayer is that through my example that they will follow that and they will also always serve the living God. And they will also serve God's people because I don't think there's anything better. But if I say things for them to do, but if I don't, and I don't live it, they're not going to do it. It's like someone's telling their sons and their daughters, you know what, don't be drinking too much alcohol. Don't be smoking that doobie right there, but pass it to me. It's not good for you. You know, the, re- the reality is that your kids, your family are going to do what you're doing most of the time. Amen? So when they see you serving, they're going to follow that example. I love the way that, um, that Philippians puts it. It says, dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow my example. Our children will usually model our example more than they will model our words, which are not lived out. And here's a saying that I heard, and I kind of have grabbed a hold of it. It says, if you're not going to live it, don't lip it. If you're not going to live it, don't lip it. You live it, and then you can talk it. Amen? Last point. Someone say amen. Amen. Chilies, here we come. La casita. Get ready, Pete. I serve in the church because, number seven, the church thrives when I serve. Vibrant churches and thriving churches will always have people who love to serve. Because many hands make the work light. Can I tell you what happens? If everyone is doing their part, if, say, here's a middle, middle row, middle section. If every person in the middle section was doing a part in the annual service, 
It would help those teachers. It would help those nursery workers. It would help the, the, the cleaning of the landscaping, all those different things. It makes the work light. And then if ev- the, the two outside uh, sections, if you join in and everyone together is doing a part, it will make the work light. And here's what happens when it doesn't, when that doesn't happen, is that you usually have three or four people that's doing everything, and they're like this. Amen? God never intended it to be like that. Ministry is the Greek word diakonos. Diakonos. And if I didn't pronounce it right, you won't know anyways. (laughs) But that word means to serve. So ministry means what? To serve. Oh boy, you guys are really hungry. Ministry means what? To To serve. To serve. So when we are serving, we are doing ministry. In fact, ministry is using the gifts God has given me to serve him and the needs of others. The Bible puts it like this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for service. So that the body of Christ may be built up. In other words, edified, built up. So the pastors, they do what? Equip. And the people do what? Serve. Serve. The pastors are the? The people? The pastors are the? The people? Pastors are? Pastors are? Equippers. Let's, Let's try it one more time. Okay. The pastors are the equippers. The people are to? Serve. The pastors are the? Equippers. The people are to? Serve. The pastors are the? Equippers. The people are to? Serve. Whew, I'm tired. <laughs> so if the pastors are equipping, then the people will be serving. The churches that think that the pastor is supposed to be doing everything have pastors that get really tired and leave the ministry. And they usually end up at a Looney Tune place. And they're like this, and the people, and the people, and the people. And the people, and the people. I gotta go serve, I gotta go serve, I gotta go serve, I gotta go serve. No, 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 no. The pastors equip and the people serve. So when, when a church is serving, if everyone's serving together, we're going to have a work day. We're going to go to San Manuel, and we're going to show them an oracle in the schools. We're going to show them that Jesus rocks. Amen. We're going to show them that when Jesus does something, when his people do something, it's better than anyone else. Because people in the world, they're doing things. But when they do things, when they're serving, when they're doing donations, it always points to who? To them. But when the church does it, it always points to him. So the pastors are the equippers, and the people are the ones who serve. And if we all do this together, we're vibrant and we're thriving. And no one is too tired to get up the next day. But when there's only three or four people doing everything, children's church, the children's church teachers should not be teaching there for three or four years without a a break. It should be every three months we should have another group coming in. It's just kind of like football, you know? We're in the sidelines. Put me in, coach. Put me in. Put me in. Yeah. (laughs) 
Amen? We, we should all, there should never be a teacher in the children's church that does that every single week. Because then they're not hearing the message. Amen? But if everyone is working together, everyone's doing a part. We need a drummer right now. Any drummers in the house? We need a drummer. There's a gift that God has given someone here to drum because I don't believe that God has 400 people without a drummer. Some of you got, you beat on the table, whatever, bring it over here and hit those drums. Amen? If everyone is using their gift, we will thrive as a church. And the church of the living God should always be thriving. Someone say amen. Amen. I'm going to close with this last verse. God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers. Where are believers at? In the church. As you still do. Let me say that one more time. God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love for him by caring for other believers as you still do. Beloved, God will never forget your service to him and people will never forget your service to God. It's worth it for us to serve in the local church. Amen? Now, I'm done. You can stick a fork in me. I'm all the way through. Done. But there's a handout in your bulletin. And it says, I serve at Living Word Chapel. Now, if you're serving someplace, I don't even want you to attempt to write anything down because you are doing your part. But if you are not doing a thing at, church, at the church, I know a lot of busy things going on, but I'm, saying, I'm going to say this to you. If you give God a little bit of your time for his time, he'll bless you. Amen? There is, there is something that you can do, even if it's one time a year that you can serve in the local church Put something here, put an X wherever you want, put it in the baskets on your way out, and we'll begin to move forward. Beloved, the church will thrive, and Living Word Chapel already thrives, but we will thrive in a greater capacity if we all come together and serve Jesus together. Amen? Let's all stand up and worship our King. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.